Hello and welcome to the Cut and the Dry here on the Life-Given Radio. This is the show that doesn't mince the hot takes that the Bible lays out for us, cut and dried. I'm your host, Kip Mock, and I'm here with my co-host, Isaac Lopez. Isaac, did anything fun happen to you this week? Absolutely nothing. I have literally just been sitting in this chair waiting to get to recording the Cut and the Dry. That's it. Really? That's yeah. interesting, because I was sitting in that chair earlier this week, and you were not there. Well, maybe it was a different chair. Oh, okay. It may be in a different place, and I might have moved around a little bit. But Kip, we're here. <laughs> we're here. We're here. Yeah. Well, so picky. Guys, we're going to be recording two shows today, and so mm-hmm. this this episode might be a little bit on the shorter side, but we're going to try to not ramble, and with that rambling, let's move right into our first segment. Sounds good. Let's go. Um, indubitable. <clears throat> Today we're going to talk a little bit about anti-fascist, um, and in the modern take is you know embodied by Antifa. It's mm. anti-nationalist, nationalist, anti-authority, pretty much of any kind. Right now, <clears throat> obviously, it's a little bit ironic and slightly oxymoronic as well because Antifa displays its distaste for force, violence, and authority by exerting <laughs> violent force <laughs> and imposing their authority. It's you know? Gets... It gets me every time, man. Yeah. I, I don't understand how Antifa exists. How, how are they taken seriously? Because, obviously, Trump, I think this is a great call, designated them a terrorist organization. Oh, yeah. Totally. Which, is, which is what they are. But I... Do you understand or do you have any inkling as to why there are people who still think that they're a legitimate anti-fascist organization? Uh, The only reason I can think of um, is that legacy media, mainstream media, isn't really talking about them. Or when they do talk about them, it's... Uh, because Mostly Trump, peaceful protests. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. President Trump has labeled them as an... Wait, what did he say? What, what did he terrorist call Terrorist group. Yeah. yeah. A, domestic terrorist yeah, group. Yeah, domestic terrorist group. I just blanked on that term. But because he has labeled them, and because Orange Man is bad, therefore right. MSM has to be for the anti-fascists. Or, yeah. So it, uh, that's the only reason that I can maybe put out there. Yeah, but I, I I haven't done much digging into what mainstream media has been talking about them, but I know they're not completely coming down on them. Yeah, they, they, I think they just have. As soon as it got really bad, yeah, in the rioting. This, oh right, this, right. This year, um, Antifa just kind of dropped off the media yeah. because there was no way they could really cover it up. Right. So right. they couldn't say that. I mean, they tried still. You know, mostly peaceful protests mm-hmm. as government buildings are burning in the background and right, literally. police officers are dying. Um, but it really did come to a point, particularly, you know, the areas I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. Seattle and Portland, where right. uh, the MSM just decided to kind of just stop talking about yeah, it. Yeah, not report on it. So I think you're right. I think that's, that's kind of what's going on. Um, you, you know, <clears throat> throughout Trump's presidency, I've heard a lot about him being a fascist from some of my left-leaning relatives, friends, um, and just throughout Facebook, mm-hmm. people I've made acquaintances with 
Um, so I did a little bit of research on this, and okay. I found some interesting results. Mm -hmm. um, the Washington Post did an analysis. Um, if you're interested in reading this, we won't talk about it too much, but if you're interested in reading this, <clears throat> the headline on the Washington Post is, How Fascist is Donald Trump? There's actually a formula for that. Um, and then it goes on to, quote unquote, grade the billionaire on the 11 attributes of fascism. So, I mean, it's, I don't want to go too hard onto this, but it's yeah. obviously not a formula. It's a guy's opinion right. of what the 11 attributes of fascism are and where Trump falls in them. It's just crazy. He can quantify, you know, right. these things. He like, can quantify them. Yeah. Because that, that's how that works. Um, he actually concludes that Trump is not a fascist, that he's only like half fascist. Which, All right, we'll listen to him then. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it seems like the narrative has kind of changed on that because mm. I, I found that consistently through a lot of heavy left-leaning okay. news articles like Vox, um, right. Washington Post, New York Times, etc. Mm. A lot of places saying, well, yeah, actually Trump isn't really a fascist, hmm. which I thought was kind of odd. Um, so... While we're on the topic of fascism, I want to talk a little bit about authoritarianism versus libertarianism. Okay. Um, and I'm actually, I'm still kind of struggling with this distinction because mm, yeah. I really want to be a libertarian. Yes. Like, and I think that libertarian <clears throat> political ideas are correct, mm -hmm. but I don't know if they work. Yes. That's, yeah. that's the problem I'm running into. Mm -hmm. um, because people, if, if you don't have a Christianized society, you have to have pretty hard authority. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of the conclusion I've come to. And, but I don't like authority. I'm sorry, I should clarify that. <laughs> no, <you're good. clears throat> I haven't really defined my terms. And unfortunately, we don't have the time to. Um, <laughs> perfect, the perfect storm, Kim. Yeah, perfect. perfect storm. We'll talk about this more in a future yeah, episode because I think it's a fun conversation. But the, like, the most solid conclusion I've come to is you can't have an effective libertarian society unless it is a Christian society. Mm. And we don't have that. And so I'm, I'm leaning towards authoritarianism hmm. a little bit, but that makes me nervous because the government doesn't have authority right. in certain areas. Right. They, they, can't, they can't tell hmm. me what to believe. Um, they can't do a lot of things. But, you know, it, it's, it's pretty complicated. Yeah, I'm struggling is. with it. I think we should talk about it more. Definitely. Um, but with that, we're going to move on to our four cents. Um, I apologize for the half-baked subject matter in this episode but just think on it and we'll talk I mean, about it more later can i can i jump in just with oh, one yeah. more comment um, go for it because I, I i had the same struggle a couple of years ago uh, when i took a political economics course mm -hmm. at the school and like i i so desperately wanted to be a libertarian because it sounded so good but even uh, the only thing that i would add to this discussion um to which we'll get to later is the fact that you need to have a um, godly society mm -hmm. for any form of government to work. You know, that I mean, is you, true. It, it it should be made up of godly people, mm -hmm. and any any system, any structure. We're seeing the structure that I thought was a really great structure in the American government. Um, I, I thought that the idea, the experiment, is really interesting. It mm -hmm. has the ability to succeed, but 
it's not succeeding when we have the same people in power over and over again. We don't have godly people voting for godly men to be in office. Right. Um, so, so I guess, actually, we yeah. can come to a conclusion because right. I'm stupid and I didn't make this connection, but you're totally right. An authoritarian government doesn't work unless it's a godly government right. and a godly right. society, mm-hmm. and neither does a libertarian government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> now which guess better? why? Right. Right. Which I think is better. Where I, th- where I think my confusion is coming in is that I, there are certain individuals in U.S. Mm-hmm. government that I would rather be in power in an authoritative manner right. than other individuals in power. And I'm not going to name any names, but you're, you're welcome to guess. Um, <laughs> we'll put a poll up somewhere. Just, <laughs> who is Kip talking about? <laughs> so I would rather have certain people in power in an in authoritative manner, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I recognize that they're not going to fix the problems. Right. They're not right. going to fix the problems that mm-hmm. society has. And it's, we're going to be hard-pressed to fix even a tenth of the problems right. that our country has in our right. lifetimes. And all we can do is make godly babies and hope for the best in the future. Amen. So, Amen, brother. I guess it always comes back to that, doesn't it? It does. It really does. It really yeah. does. Um, so, thanks for interjecting there because that helps clarify things. Um, and I'm really excited about our four cents this week. We're talking about godly mockery and... Isaac, because he's a funny guy, <laughs> to put a trademark symbol. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm looking at this first time. <laughs> oh, dear. So we're going to talk. <laughs> we're going to talk through a few things. We're going to talk about how God mocks his enemies. We're going to talk about how we think that is a communicable attribute mm. of God. Okay. Um, and finally, we're going to talk about how God's people need to not only be capable of mocking God's enemies as God does, but also be prepared to be mocked in mm. the way that Christ was. Oh, that's good. So All right. that's kind of a roadmap for you. I want to start off with uh, God mocks his enemies. This is a recurring theme, particularly throughout the Psalms. Okay. The Lord sits in heaven and mm. laughs. Right. He holds his enemies in derision. Mm. Um, do you want to read Psalm 2, 1 through 4 for us? Definitely. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Hmm. It's beautiful. And in Psalm 59, 8, But you, O Lord, laugh at them. You hold all the nations in derision. So there are a few things I want to draw from, from this theme of okay. the Psalms. Um, David brings it up multiple times in, all of his, in many of his Psalms. The first thing to note is that the nation's plotting is in vain. Mm. Their raging is in vain. Right. And that's, I think that's really pertinent mm. for the times we're living in now. Oh, yeah. It was true in David's time, and it's true now. Now that the perfect son of David sits on his eternal throne, mm. the raging of the nations yeah. is in vain. Um, Psalm 2 says, uh, it, this is the nations raging, let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords away from us. Mm. The Lord sits in heaven and he laughs. Right. Not going to do it. It's not going right. to happen. He's already won. Yeah. Um, the second thing I want to draw from this passage is that David is joyful mm. in the fact that God mocks his enemies. We should be too. Yeah. So, yeah. Can, can I just say yeah. something real quick here? I, I love that. 
Um, I think the fact that David, the fact that David can be joyful even when so much is falling down around him, yeah. even when his enemies are encircling him, because he knows the context. He knows, mm-hmm. fools, you've lost. Like, yeah. why are you raging against the dying of the light? You know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Because the Lord has already won and he's already beaten you. Like, yeah. like I mean, so the, uh, I think that we should strive as Christians just to emulate that, that confidence, mm-hmm. because we... We already have the Messiah. The Messiah has already come. You know, yeah. David didn't even know that the Messiah was coming yet or didn't know when, right? Mm-hmm. And he was still able to sit there and laugh because God was in heaven. Yeah. Amen. So, so not only does God sit in heaven and laugh mm. at his enemies, but Jesus insults and derides the Pharisees to their faces. <laughs> in Matthew 23, Jesus spends 35 verses absolutely demolishing the Pharisees. <laughs> Let's just read a couple of them. So, Matthew 23, verses 27 and 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy, hypocrisy, and lawlessness. For whatever reason, I really struggle with that word every time I read it. So, anywho... Later on in verse 33, Jesus really brings it home. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Those aren't kind words, not, Isaac. Not really. And they, they're unkind words from a perfect man. Mm-hmm. We are not perfect, but Jesus is our perfect model. Right. And so what we can draw from this before we move on is that the world does need more unkind words mm-hmm. from godly men. Oh, certainly. Yeah. And uh, do you want to interject something here? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think this is fantastic because we have a rampant spinelessness within the church of mm-hmm. America today. And I, I think that they need to hear this message. So what I'm saying is really just adding a grain of salt Yeah. Um, to just... Under, like add some understanding to it like mm-hmm. obviously it's a good thing to remember that the Lord mocked people mm-hmm. because we need to be able to emulate that I mean yeah. that's something that we're going to get to here in a little bit but mm-hmm. um, it's not a time to discard wisdom yes. um, and to be discerning right because mm-hmm. I mean David was uh, Jesus was discerning in that section because the Pharisees had had the run of the law for hundreds of years. Yeah. Right. I just worked through all the gospels reading for what Jesus spoke on scripture. Like mm-hmm. what was his view of scripture? And there was a ton of the gospel set aside to Jesus clarifying what the Pharisees had clouded. Mm-hmm. And he had clouded, they had, they had clouded the gospel. They had mm-hmm. clouded the real purpose of the law, adding all these exterior things. So he had a good reason to yeah. rip them apart. Yeah. Okay. So what, I don't want young men listening to our podcast to go away like, oh man, I'm going to go flip some tables in my college or whatever. (laughs) But rather, like, understand, make your mockery pointed is what I would say. Make sure you understand uh, the person you're mocking or the people group and know why because I think that it it needs to be well-timed. It does. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit more later on about... Right. um, we probably won't talk about it enough, but I, I appreciate you bringing this up because it is important to emphasize that you must, must be careful mm. with, with this advice. Right. It's, it's not, 
it's not an ex- exhortation to go out and be a macho man, hmm. like you said, flipping over tables. Yeah. It's, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that there is a time for this. Hmm. Because right. I, I think that in, in modern times, men have been feminized to the point where they don't even think that there is a time for this kind hmm. of language. Yeah. There is a time for this kind of language, but, but it's not all the time. And it's actually pretty infrequent. Mm. But the time will come, mm-hmm. probably, in your lifetime, that you do have to act in this manner. And mm. you need to understand why it's the best thing to do. Mm. And you also need to spend a lot of time, outside of what we have to say, thinking about when is the time right. to act in this manner. Right. Because it's going to be different for all of us. Mm-hmm. But the times do come. Yeah. And, and I think we're in a time right now that a lot more of it is needed. Yeah. So, Amen. thanks for bringing that up. Next, we want to talk about whether or not this is a communicable attribute of God. Okay. Because we've been talking about the Lord sitting in heaven and laughing at his enemies. Right. Jesus deriding the Pharisees and mm-hmm. mocking them and insulting them. I think it is a communicable attribute. <laughs> okay. And uh, what I'm going to use to back this up is 1 Kings 18. This is such a... Uh, it's such a brutal passage. Uh, we're not going to read the part about Elijah slaughtering hundreds of these guys, but he does do that after he right. after he spends, uh, you know, the nine verses we're going to read, mocking them. Then he proves them wrong and goes and kills all of them. Right. It's awesome. Right. I love it. But we're just going to read these nine verses, and there there are a few things we want to draw from it. Isaac, do you want to read through verse twenty four and all? I'll take Definitely. it from there. So Ahab went to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bowls be given to us and let them choose one bowl for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bowl and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God and I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. Hmm. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bowl and prepare it first, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bowl that was given them, and they prepared it and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god, either is musing, or he is relieving himself, or he is on a journey. Or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Mm. Amen. What a wonderful passage, Amen, man. brother. Um, that. What, one thing that I noticed as you were reading through this that I, I hadn't actually noted prior to this, but uh, notice how in, in verse 24 and then later on and in verse 25, uh, Elijah's very particular about how he speaks about Baal. Mm. 
Uh, yeah. He says, the name of your God, and I will call, call upon the name of the Lord. Right. That's a right. very important distinction very he's making there. Yeah. He, Elijah, has, Elijah has no doubts. He mm-hmm. has no qualms. He is confident in what he's doing. Right. And, you know, later on in this passage, the Lord does answer Elijah's call. And, of course, Baal must have been on the toilet. <laughs> That's, that's just, I mean, I think the young bloods are saying savage these days, but that that quote, a cry aloud for he is a God, either he is musing or relieving himself or is on a journey. I mean, he's giving all of these options, but really, it's just really laying it on thick. Just like, yeah. that's straight up mockery right there. I mean, there's yeah. that's trash talk. That's like biblical trash talk yes. when it comes to making sacrifices. Yeah. So there, there are a few other things I want to draw from this passage. Totally. First off, Stick to your guns. Elijah's the last guy left. And he's, he's talking to the Israelites and he's like, he says, how long will you go limping between two different right. opinions? Right. Stop being wishy-washy. Oof. Don't be wishy-washy. Be like Elijah. Right. <laughs> yes. What a good egg. Oh, man. <laughs> Secondly, be ready to face off against 450 people in person who disagree with you. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. And here he is, willing to put everything on the line right. against 450 guys who obviously take this pretty seriously. They're chopping themselves up with swords right. and lances. Ooh, and the interesting thing is, is so there's 450 prophets, right? But mm-hmm. he's also speaking to an audience. Right. And those people are the ones limping from God to God, you know, jumping mm-hmm. back and forth. And I can't think of a better analogy for what our times are yeah. than, you know, there, there, there's the enemy in the culture, but mm-hmm. then there's also all these other people that can't make up their mind what side they're on, Yeah. right? So Elijah's not only facing 450 people, but yeah. he's also having to face this crowd that cannot make their minds up, which is almost more dangerous than an enemy who has declared himself. Yeah, that is true. So, so be willing to face off. Mm-hmm. Be, be willing to be the only man standing in a crowd of hundreds of people. Mm. That's, that's an important factor to biblical mockery. If, if you're not willing to do that, it's, it's going to suck. Mm. And you're going to break. And you can't break. If you're, if, you're engaging, if you're engaging culture in this manner, they're looking for you to break. They're right. looking for you to falter, right. to slip up, to give in. Mm. And if you do that just once, it's over. Right. And, and Elijah doesn't do that. <laughs> Elijah doesn't back down. He doesn't give up. He doesn't falter. Mm-hmm. And that's all in the face of enormous odds. So, next, ignore those who say these methods aren't kind or Christ-like. Uh, just listen, listen to what Elijah says again. Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he's musing, or he's relieving himself, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. This is, these are not, <laughs> I mean, we, we've hit this on the head a few times, but this is biblical mockery. Right. It's unkind, it's mean, it's rude. Stop listening to people who say, this is not okay. Because it is okay. Mm. Not all the time, but it is right. okay. Now, again... Isaac's already, Isaac's already mentioned this, but as you engage culture in this manner, be very, very mm-hmm. careful. 
As Proverbs 18.12 says, Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. And in this type of scenario, it's very easy to become haughty. Right, right. right? Oh, keep going. No, go for it. Uh, I, I think that, amen to all of that. I mean, that's fantastic. Like the, the thing that is really coming to mind right now when we're talking about mockery and biblical mockery is this, how similar it sounds to having a backbone. Like it's not mm-hmm. necessarily like even close to an evil thing. You know, yeah. it's just it's just having the spine to be able to step stand up to people that are coming after you, your mm-hmm. faith, and your family. Mm-hmm. And that's very honorable. Mm-hmm. So th- there's just every part of me is saying, you know, just like saying amen right now because it's just a very biblical virtue to have a backbone and have the ability to stand up and defend your family. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, mockery is part of that, you know, because mockery is actually... Telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, because Baal does not exist. So, <laughs> sure, he can be taking a piss. <laughs> like, yeah. Or maybe he's traveling yeah. around. Maybe he's incapacitated. You know, so you can make fun of something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Amen. Um, the, the bottom line of all of this is do not hesitate to mock the enemies of God right along with him. <laughs> that's, that's what we're saying. You know, many times I've heard... I. We might talk about this in our special that we're right. going to record later on today, but I've heard that mockery doesn't convert anyone. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I did an experiment for about three or four months on my Facebook feed. Yeah. I no longer have Facebook for a number of reasons. It's broken but... you. <laughs> or did you break it? <laughs> and that's a plug for Saturday for, for the next time, next show. Yeah. Uh, um, but I had, I had a lot of people... Uh, call me out, um, whether in a civil manner or not. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that I have a lot of respect for say, right. you do realize that nobody is going to be converted by you mm-hmm. acting in this manner. You're just going to push people away from the faith. And I didn't stop mm-hmm. because I thought they were wrong. Right. Um, it, even the people that I have a lot of respect for, I, I listened to them, I heard them out. If they were willing, I got on the phone with them mm-hmm. and I... At the end of every conversation, I just said, thanks for your input. I disagree. Yeah. Here are the elders at my church's phone number. If you still think I'm wrong, you can mm. call them. Um, nobody ever did, but maybe someday they will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe hearing this, they'll just have so much vitriol for you that they'll call, <laughs> call up Christchurch over there. Okay. Yeah. But what really bothers me about people who have this to say is, who are you to say how the Lord works? Mm-hmm. Right? It's very clear that the Lord does work through mockery, through derision, through insults. So stop saying he doesn't. Right. (laughs) And stop saying his people can't. Mm. Because they can, they do, and they will. Totally. And stop complaining about men who have spines. Um, We'll talk about that more later. But let's lead into our final point uh, for our four cents, Mm. which is don't be afraid to be mocked yourself. This, this kind of ties in with the be ready to stand up right. against hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Be the only one standing for what's right. Because sometimes it won't go like it did for Elijah. Right. Sometimes right. you won't. Sometimes God will not strike the offering with lightning mm-hmm. and burn it. And you'll go slaughter all of the prophets. Right. It doesn't always work that way. Mm. It didn't work that way for Christ. Right. Right. So. Yeah. 
follow Christ outside the camp. Hebrews 13, 13 puts it perfectly. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. That's what we're here for. We, th- there are times for mockery. Mm-hmm. There are times for derision. There are times for insults. But there are also times where that's what we have to deal with. And we have to be part of having the spine that gives you the capability and the legitimacy mm. to mock God's enemies is being capable of handling derision right. for the name of Christ. Amen. If you can't do that, you're not, you're not in a position to shell it out yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So Amen. Stand, stand with Christ, take the derision, take the mockery, shell it out in the situations where it needs to be, all while remembering that in the end, God is not mocked, mm-hmm. and neither are those who are in him. Amen. That's, that's what matters. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. Mm-hmm. With that, let's move on to toilet talk. Isaac, do you want to kick us off? Definitely, yeah. Um, uh, this is my simple tip, um, and I'll explain it here. Um, but work with a purpose and rest with a purpose, especially young men. And we'll get to this. Um, and before getting to that, I do want to just preface this by saying that Kip and I probably just got out of, respectively, one of the busiest weeks we've had in a while. Yeah. Um, both of us. So uh, do take this with a grain of salt and with understanding and discernment. Mm-hmm. Make use of it. Um, but it's really easy for guys these days to be unwittingly lazy. Mm. Um, it's incredible to... Uh, to see how you can think that you're being busy while doing absolutely nothing. Hmm. Um, it's really easy to thumb open the app um, in your Google Calendar and think, wow, I'm working really hard because it's so chock full. <laughs> right. Right? Um, and you may be working hard, but I would bet that you might actually be half-assing everything. Right. Um, possibly. That's the potential that mm-hmm. I want to warn against. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have nothing against being busy, having a full schedule. All of those things, I think, are great. And I yeah. mean, Kip and I just lived through that this week. Yeah. Um, and I think that it is a great work to be doing. Um, but idle hands is the devil's playground, after all. Mm-hmm. And there is a reason that the Lord gave us the Sabbath. Okay, so I'm going right. to tie these two things together. But okay. before we get to that, Exodus 28 through 11, mm-hmm. remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Hmm. There's a reason the Lord gave us rest. There's a reason that there is one day set aside every seven for us to recoup and to worship him, right? Um, And so that way, in the other six, we can pour out our cups and go as hard as we can. Yes. And I think it's a very fine balance to walk, Mm -hmm. um, but it's really easy to look at your Google calendar and see things from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., and yeah. think you're doing everything really well, but at lunch you take a two-hour break because you're so exhausted, and it's only Monday. 
Yeah. And then you go into work and you're not working as freshly because you didn't sleep well on the, you know, when mm-hmm. you're supposed to be sleeping. So I just want to encourage those listening, you and I especially, because we're really busy during this time, yeah. is to, when you have the time set aside for rest, rest completely. Yeah. Uh, when you have time set aside for sleep, go to sleep. Don't scroll through your phone. Yeah. Nothing's being gained by scrolling. Everything's being gained by sleeping. And right. that is not something to be um, mocked, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that <laughs> as a student or someone who's kind of in the student realm right now, it's, it used to be a cool thing to brag about how little sleep I got. Mm-hmm. Now I, I want to brag about how much sleep I got. Like I'd rather err on that side because that means I'm well-rested. I'm going to hit the day as hard as I can mm-hmm. because I want to be the best form of me that I can. Yeah, And so there's a reason, and it's very biblical, for there to be a day of rest, mm-hmm. and then you're working your butt off the other six. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have much experience with, I mean, the one year I was in school, in college, um, I was working full-time most of the year and doing school full-time, right. and it did not go well. For a few months out of that time, I was working an overnight job so that I yeah. could still go to classes not getting any sleep. I was totally unfunctional. Mm. I did not get anything done. My grades increasingly got worse and it was it was just not a fun time. Yeah. So yes, sleep, a day of rest, extremely, extremely important. Mm. Um, my top tip, my toilet talk tip. There you go. Is think about what's going in your ear holes. Will do. Um, now hopefully you didn't take my advice and immediately shut off this podcast when I said that. <laughs> you still here? <laughs> Nice. Nice. (laughs) Glad to have you with us. (laughs) Now, the reason I mention this is last week I got a new car, and for the first time in months, I turned on the radio. Okay. And uh, because I didn't have Bluetooth or anything set up, so I I was like, ah, radio, cool. I haven't listened to this in a while. Wow, it was terrible. (laughs) Some catchy tunes. Right. And then I I accidentally listened to the lyrics. Shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that. Um... Very, very disturbing stuff happened when I... <laughs> yeah. It's really, really unpleasant stuff. Um, the passage I want to refer to for my top tip is Luke 6.45. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Mm. Where does the abundance of the heart come from? what you put into your ear holes, right. your eye holes, and I suppose your nose holes as well. <laughs> but primarily, your ear holes and your nose right. holes. Watch what happens. Watch carefully what happens um, and, and what you're letting interact with your senses hmm. because that is what fills the heart. Right. Out of the abundance of the heart, hmm. the mouth will speak. Out of good treasure, good is produced. Out of right. evil treasure, evil is produced. So I know it sounds trite, but watch the pop music you're listening to. Mm-hmm. You, you, might be, you might be hearing a lot of things right. that are just kind of, over time, subliminally change your perceptions of different sins, totally. make them seem okay. Right. And that's not good. Mm-hmm. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, good is produced or mm-hmm. evil is produced. And so just spend some time and be intentional about what you're listening to, what you're looking at, right. and what you consume, um, who you spend time with, yeah. on and on. 
it's a lot to keep track of, but the fruit of it does show over time. When you're Definitely. when you're intentional about what music you listen to, what podcasts you listen to, right. what yeah. movies you watch, um, and what discussions are spawned by those different mm. things, that is extremely important. I just encourage you to think about that. Definitely. So I mean, that that's why uh, Jesus talks about let. I mean, that's why he's got to be targeting the ears and the eyes when he talks about. Uh, let those who have ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches or, mm-hmm. you know, let the blind see. All, all of these things that, like, mm-hmm. there's a reason those two are emphasized yes. out of all the sensory yeah. options. Yeah. That's a really good kid. Nice. Yeah. Well, we said we were going to have a short show today, but didn't happen. We apologize. <laughs> Before we sign off, though, if you've listened to us for this long, mm-hmm. I hope you're interested in what we've had to say. If so, please feel free to share the show with your friends and give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Definitely. Um, and I'll also take this moment to jump in and just say, uh, I'm sorry. I uh, When we <laughs> announced the launch of our Discord channel on Thanksgiving Day, I shared it across all platforms. Um, I'm pushing it, just talking about it on different shows and stuff like that. And then I put a link in the description on Instagram. I put on MeWeGab parlor facebook all of the places that you would could possibly find it uh and then come to find out later over thanksgiving that it expires after 24 hours <laughs> and like i mentioned i i've been through the busiest week of my quarter probably last two quarters um it's just been one of those one of those weeks um but now i have now gone into i finally had like 30 seconds this saturday where i could sit down and figure <laughs> yeah. it out because it was just one of those things i never got around to yeah anyway i have fixed the link you will find it in the show notes today and it won't expire in 24 hours it actually will never expire so anyone with that link can access the discord platform and it's specifically our channel that's our specific channel link that you can click on and join now the great thing about discord channel and we are not sponsored by them but they should sponsor us because I'm plugging them, um, is just its availability. You don't need yeah. to have an app yeah. on your phone. You don't need to have the uh, app on your computer. You can just jump on the web browser. If yeah. you're like, oh, Isaac and Kip are doing a live show today, I can just log in and use my profile and interact with them on their live show, right? Yeah. That's something that Kip and I have uh, pushed around, and we're going to use Discord as a platform to do that. Yeah. It's very user friendly. My entire um, my wife's side of the family just created a Discord server for our family group chat. That's um, awesome. So it's it's very user friendly. Um, I think that it's a great way to communicate, and it's built all around communication. Um, and so it's a very specific app. And that's the end of my plug. So you should definitely click in that link to uh, get to where Kip and I, because we've been twiddling our thumbs over there for the last week and a half um, because of my mistake. So uh, we hope to see you there. And this is the real, the relaunch of the uh, Discord announcement. Fantastic. That's awesome. Well, we hope to chat with you in our Discord channel sometime soon. And with that, for the cut and the dry on the Life Given Radio, this is Kip and Isaac signing off.